Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Kaylee and Josh. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, we've got Leslie from YouTube's It'll Be Fun. Leslie moved to Madeira last year with her husband, son, and a Volkswagen Bug. From Illinois to the island life, I think you're going to like this one. Stick around. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Josh. How's it going this week? Hey, Dan. Good to see you. Going well on our end. Good. Hey, Dan. What's up, dude? How about you? Oh, man, I'm having a great week. Thank you. I saw your pictures from your meetup in Porto last week on your Instagram. Looks like you all had a great time. Yeah, we did. It was actually a lot of fun, and uh, we have another one coming up. We've had to plan two kind of close together because we're going to be gone for the month of April. Nice. And we won't have another one probably until mid-May. Okay. So this one is going to be March 23rd, so just a couple of weeks away. It's kind of going to be an expat affair, really, because the location is at a distillery. That was started by Aussie expats, and the food is going to be catered by an Englishman. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we always love the meetups. Uh, it's a great way to meet new people, see people we haven't, uh, you know, maybe hung out with in a while and get a gauge on what all they've been doing. So it's also not just for people who live here, but if someone's here on a scouting trip and it happens to fall on that day that they're here, they come. And so they can kind of get some good information from people who do live here. So it's a lot of fun. And it's not just for foreigners as well. We love when Portuguese people show up and they can help us out with a little like cross-cultural interaction. But this one is going to be at Scoundrels Distillery, and that's in the Campania area of the city. What a great name. It'll start at 6 p.m., and food will be catered. Um, it'll be burritos, chicken burritos or veggie burritos for seven euros a pop. And there's a pre-order on that, and we'll put the link in the uh, show notes. Awesome. 
Yeah, that's definitely something new and different than what we're used to. So we'll see how it goes. We're excited. And then also we uh, we're heading to Lisbon for a day just for a soccer game on Thursday this week. And then a Veru to do some content there. Beautiful. And speaking of our work on YouTube, uh, we had a pretty busy week trying to get out the video that we did on the Golden Visa. Uh, we saw that there was some interest in in the Golden Visa, at least like what was going on with the changes here in Portugal. Right. So we went ahead and put out a video on that. Nice. There was quite a bit of deep research that we had to do for that and, and fast as well. It's interesting that there's been this change and everyone uh, has been in a panic. So it was nice to put that video out because there were was a lot of kind of bad information, or at least there were some bad titles out there on YouTube and, and in some of the articles I saw that seemed very misleading for people that maybe didn't want to watch the whole video or, <laughs> or read the articles that I saw, at least. Uh, so we wanted to put out our response, and it's been busy doing that. Nice. Well, I'm glad that you guys did that. That's uh, it's quite the service. Kaylee, I had the pleasure of being with you while you interviewed Leslie. Number one, it's always nice to chat with another Illinois native. Number two, I'm sold on Madeira. I'm ready to go. Have you guys been there before? We actually have. Uh, we went there, I think, when we were living in Portugal for about a year. Okay. Uh, we were there, I think, on our one-year anniversary of living in Portugal, which was cool. Uh, the island is beautiful. It's very diverse. And for us, since we have a little one, you know, I'm not much of a hiker anyway, but we did a Jeep tour, which I thought was really good. So it could get us to some of those difficult spots, but driving instead of trying to hike, especially trying to hike, of course, with a stroller was not happening. <laughs> right. But yeah, really lovely island. Yeah, the the feeling in the air actually gave me this kind of sense of being somewhere in Latin America like being in a colonial city. Okay. I think when we were there, I kept commenting, it felt like Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, which is where Kaylee and I had our honeymoon. Yeah, so it, it kind of gave me that good feeling. Awesome. Our honeymoon many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that old. <laughs> Kaylee, Leslie was such a fun lady. Tell us how you met her. So we actually connected just through YouTube. They've got a really cool channel that talks about life on Madeira and just being retired and something different. So we connected that way, reached out to them at one point, like, hey, we should do a collaboration. And then nothing really happened. And then they said, hey, we're going to be in Porto. We would love to meet you guys and let's do an in-person collab. And like, yeah, that's perfect. So I did an interview with Alan. And then I was like, Leslie, let's get you on the podcast so we can just kind of have a chat and dive a little deeper into life and kind of get into the real, real uh, details, I guess you could say, of life there. Yeah, I was behind the camera for most of it until... Alan had us on his channel. So there is going to be a video on It'll Be Fun YouTube. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that come out and then our YouTube video with Alan as well. Very nice. Listener, do yourself a favor. After you hear Leslie describe the Lavada in Madeira, go look up some YouTube videos of them. Then email me at podcast at expatseverywhere.com and let's plan a meetup. I want some hiking buddies. Which is highly recommended because you don't want to do these things solo. I would I would say for security reasons, get yourself a hiking buddy, and it'll be good for conversation and uh, to push each other. And you can find me not hiking, but at a bar drinking a poncha instead. Perfect. We'll see you after the walk. And on that note, we will be back with the whole interview right after this. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. World Post can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents, 
<laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon from the purchases, US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm really excited to chat with you because we're going to talk about Madeira and all things of this Portuguese island and, of course, a lot about Portugal as well. But as we get started, tell me, where did you move from and who did you move with to this island? I moved from Chicago, Illinois, in the United States and came here with my husband who retired and then my adult son who's 22. Okay, so Chicago to a little island in the Atlantic Ocean. How did you get there? Well, obviously, my husband and I were looking at where we could afford to retire. We went through the process of trying to figure out what our dream was and how we could make that dream happen. Based upon us, I'm younger than my husband. I wasn't actually ready to retire. However, we went around in circles and ended up on the island of Madeira because it has oceans and mountains and lots of walking. I'm a horticulturist, so lots of plant material and things to do that would interest the both of us. Awesome. Okay, we're going to talk about things to do in a minute, but I am curious to know what other locations were on your radar when you were looking of places to retire to. So the other locations were Ireland, spent some time there, we spent some time on the Isle of Man, which is another little island that we fell in love with years ago, spent some time in Spain looking at Malagan down along the coast. And then, of course, we had friends who were looking at going south. So Mexico, all of that is very common. But we were looking at Costa Rica and Ecuador which is really where I thought we were going to end up just because it's quick and easy to get back and forth to the United States. 
Okay. And had you visited Madeira before actually moving there? We did. We came when we did a five-week scouting trip, but we pretty much fell in love with the island, went through all the process. COVID hit, so we were stuck and unable to come and visit and make our final decision. So when we came on our scouting trip, literally, we already had the house prepped, ready to sell. So the house went on the market the day we returned from our trip. All of our visa had all been put together. The packet was ready to be shipped off the day we returned. So within 24 hours of coming back from our scouting trip, we pulled the trigger on everything. Okay. And did you retire before moving or you still worked a little bit and then retired later? Nope. Retired literally two weeks before we physically moved here. And was the plan always for your son to come with you too? The original plan was for him to go ahead and we were waiting for him to finish college and go through that whole process and get out into the world on his own. And then with COVID, a lot of different things changed and the dynamics changed with regards to what he was doing, his schooling. And then, of course, um, my husband, Alan, didn't want to wait. And so finally, we said, since you're not ready to go out into the world and take it by storm, can you come to this little island with us? Because we're going to all go there and just take it by storm together. And he was okay with that? He struggled with it at first. He was like, I haven't done my thing in Chicago yet as a grown-up. And um, and then he thought about it for a while. And he came back and he's like, you know what? This will be a fun adventure. I can go and get an EU passport, live in Europe for as many years as he so chooses, finish his schooling. And, and we promise that he can always go back to Chicago any day that he so chooses. Okay. Oh, that's so great. So then how long have you guys been living in Madeira? We've been here a little over a year. All right. And you guys have a YouTube channel, don't you? We do. What's it called? It'll be fun. <laughs> okay. And what kinds of things do you do on that channel? We talk about retiring to a little island in the middle of the ocean. We take people on adventures and on walks and things to do to see the island. We try to introduce the island to people, as well as we speak a lot to retirement and trying to help people make that decision to pull the trigger and agree that they can retire. So many of us don't have all of the back pensions and as much money as we would like to have had when the time came. And so it really can be a hard choice as to do you keep working another few years or do you go ahead and pull the trigger and is there a way to do it? Okay, you guys and, feel like the cost of living there, it's still very doable on a moderate pension, moderate retirement? We do. It is very doable here on a moderate middle-income pension retirement. You can live nicely, you much better than you would be able to do so in the state. If we did the traditional thing where you went to Florida, which would be very normal, we would not be able to live at the level with which we do here. There are some of the costs of the course that have gone, as we all know. And do you think that compared to like a Costa Rica or Mexico, prices are about the same? Like in your research, were you able to find any of those differences? There, Yes, there is a lot of difference. It's going to be a whole lot cheaper in Ecuador than it would be, or at least another 20% cheaper in Ecuador. And then Costa Rica, just a little bit more than that, but not a ton. Mexico, 
pretty much Mexico, depending on where you're going in Mexico, is probably about the same as here in Madeira. Okay, but you guys felt that pros and cons, like it outweighed going to Madeira and having the accessibility of Europe, or what was the reasoning? The logic simply is it gave us the opportunity to go to Europe. We have lived our whole lives in the United States and been able to travel across the big, beautiful expanses, but don't have the opportunity, obviously, natural history in the United States, but we can't see the history that you can see here in Europe so easily. It makes it very nice. It's easy to get back and forth from this little island. Yeah, I want to touch on that because I think a lot of people are worried about getting island fever or being a little too like out in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to travel. You can't get things as easily. So how do you guys feel about that? Obviously, it's concerned. Everyone would need to, you know, come and spend some time. That's one of the things that we do talk about on the channel a lot is if you are looking to come to Madeira, that you come and spend as much time as you possibly can we recommend, you know, a good month and a half you can schedule so that you can make sure this island's going to work for you. We haven't had any trouble with island fever at all. Now, the island, it's a short hour and 20-minute flight to Lisbon. And it's a cost-effective hour and 20-minute flight to Lisbon. So you can do, we can do, you can find tickets for $45 to go to London from this island. Now, you're not going to take a bunch of luggage with you. You're not You're not going to sit in a fancy seat, but that's all right. You can get on the little Airbus and go all around Europe and to Great Britain and spend some time. Probably the most expensive thing is getting back to the States. How long of a flight is that? And I'm assuming it's not direct. You have to go through Lisbon or somewhere. You can. There is a direct flight that goes from Madeira to JFK. So if you happen to be from Long Island, <laughs> it's pretty convenient. Um, Any place else and you're going to do a changeover someplace. A lot of people do choose to fly to JFK and then take a flight out of JFK straight into Madeira. Or we always choose to just fly into Lisbon and we can go straight from Lisbon back to Chicago. Okay. So actually a lot of options, it's just some of them are pricier than obviously if you were popping over into a European city. Correct. It's not terrible. The other thing is years ago, we had the opportunity to check out the Hawaiian islands, which those islands, they truly are out much further than this. And so it's a big back and forth when you're doing Hawaii and it's very expensive, unlike here. Okay, now being in, on this island, it's close to the northern part of Africa, too. Have you guys explored that yet? No, we haven't, but it has been on the list. Part of our original channel was we used to always scream that we're living on an island off the coast of Morocco because it sounded so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. So but, you'll definitely have to explore that, but it's nice that it's accessible to, like, it's easy to get into Europe, but then also you do have Morocco and the northern part of Africa that you can explore as well. So a pretty good location for an island, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what there is to do on the island and why you guys love it so much and what you guys showcase on your channel. So for those that are worried about, like, island fever, do you think that you could run out of things to do there? It doesn't hurt that I'm a horticulturist and that Alan, you know, spent his life as a mechanic had his own shop, all that kind of thing. And he brought his car with him. So the island is a volcanic island, obviously not active. But because it's mountainous, you're going back and forth through the mountains when you're driving. A windy part of that excitement could be scary if you're afraid to drive on the roads because it is very much abyss. 
um, you know, your car's going to the edge. And if you go over, there's no forgiveness. You're going to go over. Oh and that will be the end of you. <laughs> I hear but it's that fun. It's That's actually part it's of fun, the fun. It's fun. I hear it's awful driving there. That's what everyone says. When we visited, I was like, I've read so many horror stories of people driving, so I don't want to drive. But uh, do you drive or Alan just always drives? Alan drives. Okay. And the, a lot of that is simply I haven't bought a car yet since we got here. We is 70 bug and we drive it all over the island. So people say, can you get it to the top of the mountain and can? Can we have a whole bunch of people in it? No. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not going to get there. But we can take the little car anywhere we want. He loves to drive. So driving's just not an issue. We have driven it on, a, we have a theory. When you're driving on the island of Madeira, one, and it's, it is very fun, if you get panicked or whatever, people stop in the middle of the road, and it's okay. Mm. To, it sounds silly, but if you're lost or you're afraid, just calm down, stop, obviously not on the highway, but stop, <laughs> and figure out where you're going and what you're doing, and then keep going. People will just go around you. They won't get upset, like in the States, they would get upset with you. But if that road has lines across it, meaning lines that are dug in the concrete, that means don't drive on this road. It's that steep because those lines are the traction okay. for the car. Or if there's stairs in the center of the road, <laughs> yeah, if they've had to build stairs in the middle of the road, then you probably don't want to drive your car on it. Gotcha. Because... It will feel like when you're going, it feels like your car will literally tumble over backwards as you're going. Oh, my gosh. It's like being on a roller coaster. When you go up yeah. on a roller coaster, it feels like that. But it feels like you're just going to go ahead and go backwards. Oh, my gosh. And so you, those are the roads you don't want to be on. Do you guys have a like a plan if the bug ever gets stuck? Like you have stuff you keep in your trunk just in case or just you'll call someone? Our advantage is Alan's a mechanic. Oh, Yeah. So he can figure yeah, it there's, out. There's not a better mechanic on the island. I, I take mine with me everywhere I go. Smart. <laughs> but it worked, that, it worked that way when we lived in Chicago, when we lived in Tennessee. You know, no matter where I've lived, that has been an advantage in life. So, Okay. So has he always had this car and it had to go with you guys? Or have you had a lot of cars and this was just his favorite? Or why this car? And what was it like getting it over there? He has had this car longer than he and I have been married. So <laughs> the car was coming in, whether or not I was coming was a whole different story. So the car was coming, but to get the car here, bringing the car, shipping the car from the United States is not the most cost-effective endeavor on the planet. So it is not necessarily something that I highly recommend that you, you bring a car. However, this car is in mint condition. And it was his baby, and he had bought it, and he's had many cars in his life, but this is the only one he ever kept. Okay, that so makes sense. It was coming. Well, right. speaking about him being a mechanic, has he found it hard to find parts or tools or anything on the island, stuff that he needs to actually maintain the car? So when he packed up the car, he obviously had a garage full of mechanics tools that he got rid of. He kept the pieces he needed the most, the tools he needed the most and pack that in the car as it came. So wow. and he could pretty much do anything he needs to do to it. And he had pulled the engine and completely redid all of that before we came, just to be sure. We also have met people as soon as we got here that have their own garage with a lift in it that he could borrow if he needs to. 
he hasn't needed to, but if he did need to, he could. So you asked another part of the question, but oh, part. Well, realistically, the car's German, so we brought it closer to home, and we just order parts from Germany. Yeah, that's funny. That makes sense. Okay, so this little bug is driving all around the island, and what are you doing? Where are you going on the island? I'm a horticulturist. I love nature. We, the island is filled with a couple thousand miles worth of levadas, which are water. It's how water moves from one side of the island to the other. The north side of the island is where all the rain goes, and they move the, the water from the north side to the south side, which is where the main cities are that everybody lives. Um, Hundreds of years ago, slaves built these waterways into the island, and there are pants next to them everywhere. So you can walk a couple thousand miles worth of these pants. Some of them are, because it's water movement, it's a slight dip, so they're fairly flat, the actual walk is. you got to get up there to it, so you might have to hike up to it or drive up to, and then you can just walk for miles and miles and miles. They are absolutely stunning. They go through the cities, through, you know, through the different valleys, overlooking the water, through the mountains. It's just fantastic. Every view is amazing. Sounds like a hiker's paradise. It really is, because there's there's also Verita walks, which are the only walks or the walks that would be without a Levada. And those can be hikes, true hikes, so heavy-duty hiking. There's hikers come from all over the world to come and hike here. It is absolutely stunning. But the beauty of the Levada walks is even as you age, you can still do them. Yeah, that's what I was so going to ask. You there's, there's lots of different levels of how hard it is. Right. Yes. And it, because it's all mapped out, is this, it's an island. These have been here for years. They're maintained by the government, so they're in pretty good shape. Not that they aren't abyss. I mean, you are standing on the edge of an abyss a lot of times, walking on a 12. Uh, so you're not, you're probably not bringing your daughter. Along. Yeah, we didn't do, we did like a <laughs> deep tour when we, when we were there. So someone yeah. drive us around to the pretty places because yeah, we're not doing that exactly. stuff with her. The stroller would not work. <laughs> no, this kind of thing. Right. It's, it, but it, it is lovely to do. And it's well worth doing if you get anybody to come to as your family ages up a bit. Yeah, that definitely makes you sense know, too. It's safer. But there are, it's well mapped out. And because it's well mapped out, you can literally say, I would like easy, moderate, hard. I want to do a Verita walk. I want to do a Lavada walk. I want to be in the city. I want to be near wherever I'm staying. And you just punch all that into the little walk me app and you're off and running. Ooh, let's talk about this app. Tell me about it. It is, there's a couple of different apps, but this particular app is app was designed by some people at Island, and it maps all the different walks here. It has full write-ups. It's maybe something washes out, so you, they'll have a enclosed. It'll have the smart. There's all kinds of information that they keep on it. It's done through GPS, so no matter where you are on the island, it's active. You can see, and I like using, the, there's an all-trails map that you can do as well, but I like using the Walk Me app because you're, it's, you're supporting the... And if there's any sort of emergency situation, can, you can get in touch. They can GPS yes. you, like know where you are there. Yeah, it's, built right into, it's built right into the app even. Obviously, your phone can take care of that, but it's built right into the app too, right? You just hit the button and they'll 
send help. For a fee, they'll send help. It yeah. does cost money. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess it's probably worth it if you need to use it, right? It's nice and convenient. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a great idea yeah. for an app. It's pretty fantastic. When we first came, the first place we stayed, the the host of the place that we were staying, literally it was on his checklist. He's like, he handed us a checklist when we walked in the door and a bottle of wine and said, have a good time. And we did. We followed it and we really enjoy it. Awesome. Okay. So speaking of wine, obviously Portugal is known for wine, but Madeira is known for a certain drink as well. Well, they have a couple drinks. Well, so the drinks are pancha and obviously Madeira wine, which, you know, as everybody always likes to tell you, when they sign in the Declaration of Independence, they were drinking Madeira wine. Mm-hmm. Good little fun fact. Whether they had too much of it or not, we don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so pancha is a rum drink because the island was originally, this is where sugar cane was brought up from South America and was, was done here on this island and then went into Europe from there. So this is where the sugar cane was originally produced. And so sugar cane is what you produce rum from. The island okay, obviously so. has a, is a temperate zone, so citrus does grow on the island, and that's what poncha is. It's fruit or oranges and lemons mixed with honey or sugar cane honey, which is what it would originally be. They use regular honey today, and rum, and it's about a 50-50 mix, so it's a very, very strong, you get this little bitty drink, and you think, oh, this is so tasty. I'll have another. You might want to question that. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> now, and locals drink this as well. It's not like a touristy thing. No, to do. You know, locals drink this as well. It's lovely. And they make all different, all different. They use all different kinds of fruits to make it for you. And they're handmade. I mean, they make them, they don't pre-make it. So when you go into the little bar and you order pancha, it may be 10, 15 minutes before they bring it to you because they literally are squeeze the oranges and, and, and go ahead and make your drink and be fresh. Nice and fresh, yeah. Okay, so those are the drinks. What's the island known for as far as food goes? Food, scabbard fish, of course, which is a big, huge, ugly fish. Looks like a great big black eel with huge teeth. It's very scary looking. And it lives where that was a volcanic island. It doesn't really have sloping beaches that go down into the water. It pretty much is a mountain that pops out of the water. So the depths of the water is very deep around the island. So there's these fish that live so far down in the ocean that they've never had one up here alive. And it's a scabbard fish. So they catch them. And by the time they get up, they're dead from the deep the pressure. Of the water, the pressure wow, changes okay. in the water, so they're already dead. So no one really knows what they look like. They live so far down. Anyway. Whoa, that's crazy. No, it is crazy. Anyway, they're scary looking, and they're white fish. When they, they're black and scary looking, and they're white fish, and they serve them with a Madeira banana, which is a smaller banana than what we're used to in the States, and it's not as sweet. So it stays just a little bit firmer, and, the, and you eat that with the fish. It's heated up, and it is awesome. Absolutely dynamite. Because this is something that locals eat as well. Yes, absolutely. And they have lapis, which is like a, well, you know, here, I always say it wrong. We always tell people, well, you know, it's a barnacle. <laughs> 
<laughs> with, with garlic and butter on it. And who doesn't like garlic and butter? Everything here is garlic and butter. <laughs> I mean, if they can serve sure. it with garlic and butter, they have bolo de coco, yeah. which is bread that's served with garlic and butter, lapis, garlic and butter, fish with bananas and butter and butter on it. You know, I mean, if it can have garlic and butter, it's like in the States, if we can put bacon on it, it's good. <laughs> here, it's if they can put garlic and butter, it, it'll be served. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's a Portuguese island, but they really have their own flair and differences between like what happens on the mainland. They do. They have festivals. It's a very small island with lots of little bitty towns, but they have festivals. There's a different festival every week of the year, almost. And you just go, you know, you will never get bored. That takes you back to not getting bored. Obviously, you're never going to walk your 2,000 miles worth of Levadas you know, in the time that you're here. Well, I guess you could, but you're probably not going to. <laughs> a um, lot. <laughs> and then you also have a festival. Every every single week, there's another festival to go and be involved in. And they're all different for different reasons. Culture, like carnival, obviously, is what's going on now. And, you know, wine festivals, flower festivals, poncha festivals, rum festivals, sugar cane festivals, Bolo de Caco festivals, you name it, they have a festival. And the, all the little towns are such fun to go to, you know, because it's a big deal. And everybody, it's all up in the news. They're, you're not going to get bored here. It's, I mean, you, you can get bored here if you so choose. But, I mean, it sure. really would be a choice. Okay. Do you need to know the language there? Or is it easy to find these things in English and communicate in English? Interestingly enough, because the island for many, many years has been visited by the British, English is widely spoken. Obviously, it is a Portuguese island, and Portuguese is the main language. However, almost everybody speaks English, except for, you know, as you get older in age, they may speak Portuguese, but that's all right. We don't speak Portuguese well, so we all just pantomime and, and you know, and, and then we're able to get sugar cake and bolo de caco and rum and all of these things work out just fine. They actually speak English more here than when we were visiting Porto. Okay. And I think Alan was saying that there's a lot of cruise ships that go through there as well. There is. The cruise season is the winter months. And they come in, they just stay for the day for a few hours and then they leave and every morning you can actually pull up a thing to see who all's in uh, port, which ships are going to be in port. We've actually had friends come okay. to visit on the ships, right? Okay. So it's like Good. your friends are coming into town. Let's go to port and pick them up, you know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of fun. That's fun. Yeah. Silliness. Um, When they're in port, obviously it's busy in town and then all the tours, they'll go out on the tours for the day and it's not bothersome. Some We were worried that it might be bothersome because there could be thousands of people. Yeah. But the island is designed mm -hmm. for tourism. I mean, it really is. This is how the people okay. here make a living. Um, and we want them to make a living. It's a beautiful island. Yeah. That's great. So tourism is big, but they do a good job of spreading people out, yeah. and doing different activities and things. So it's not overwhelming down there by the poor do and and there's enough restaurants because they are totally prepared for it for that level there's that many restaurants here just like in porto there's so many restaurants when you're in the main part of the city 
you, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think we've ever even had to wait. So you mentioned, okay, so Funchal obviously is the big city there and then there's smaller towns. Do you live in Funchal or in one of the smaller towns? We live in one of the suburbs of Funchal. Every time we go out on the island, we swear, but now we're going to move to the north side of the island. Um, we have yet to do that, but we keep saying, Why is that? if you think of California, when you go to Northern California, how it's rocky and, and just stunningly beautiful, totally different kind of ocean and view to the water and how it acts than if you were in San Diego, you know, Southern California, um, which is lovely for hanging out on the beach and laying out, that kind of thing. So the north side of the island is very rugged. It can be wetter, right? It's greener because that's where the water comes. It's just stunning that the towns are small, but because the island has an incredible infrastructure that's been built up, um, being a member of the EU, a lot of money has been funneled into this island. So the roadways and the systems here are literally, they feel sections of them are brand new. Okay. Yeah, we, we have stories of the one of the first gentlemen that we met here. He was about 45, and he was talking about, he grew up on the north side of the island, which would be the side, the far side away from the big city. He had learned to, he had grown up in a one-room schoolhouse and had a chalkboard as his tablet, a chalkboard of the chalk, just like, you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh (laughs) It's like Little House on the Prairie, but he's only 45, and that's how his schooling was done. So the island with the infrastructure is totally different than what it was, you know, we're talking 20, 30 years ago. Right, yeah, quite a shift. Mm -hmm. And then what's housing like there? What does it look like? What are some things if people are doing a scouting trip that they should look out for? Because I know people in Puerto are always like, I hear the mold is really bad, so how do I make sure that doesn't happen? So with scouting, what are some tips and tricks mm-hmm. with the accommodations? Or, you know, if you're scouting because you're looking to move here, everybody tells you to live below the banana line because the temperatures get colder above the banana line. And it's just simply when they say banana line, that's the line where essentially the, the weather changes. Just like, you know, you've moved from Florida to Chicago today, but you can do it <laughs> in a matter of minutes. <laughs> but as you go up, it's going to get colder and chillier. And so therefore you have the chance of the mold growing in the house. They don't have heating and cooling systems here. They do have them. Do not get me wrong. It's just that traditionally they weren't built into the homes. So it's okay. only the newest properties will have that. Even the property that we're in is a, is a new high rise or a newer high rise. And we do not have heating or cooling in our in our house. Is that ever a problem? Mm-mm. No. Oh, I mean, no, we, I worried about it. You know, I thought that it was going to be a problem, but it's not a problem at all. And because our building is a newer building, uh, there's there were a lot of building requirements during the 70s. You know, if you get back into the, something that was built in the 70s or 80s, they didn't have the same kind of regulations that they have today. So those buildings can have a real problem that they don't have the right footers and so on and so forth in order to prevent the mold from wicking up into the buildings. So the newer you purchase, if you're buying the newer property you purchase, the better the the building requirements will have been for that. And you will clearly know if you're going to have a mold issue. Because you can feel it? It's already there. Yeah. 
not gonna there's not gonna be a surprise. Mm-hmm. These are concrete buildings. It's not hidden behind drywall in the wood because these are concrete buildings, which is different than we're used to in the states. Okay, and so you think it's not necessarily essential to have heating and cooling there? No, I don't think you have to have it because the weather's I mean, pretty temperate. Weather is temperate. Is there a couple of times of the year that you might wish you had you could flip on the air conditioner? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, there's a couple of times in the winter where you're like, oh, you know, you wish you had a heater. But, you know, so on that day, you have to wear slippers. Yeah. Like today, I've got on a sweatshirt today. Okay. So a little it's, cooler, but yeah, nothing it's, crazy. And it's only because I'm inside. The buildings are built so they stay cool inside. If mm-hmm. I go outside, I, I probably don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, same thing in Porto, too. A lot of people complain that it's colder inside than it is outside. But you're in a sweatshirt today, and I'm in a short sleeve, so it's getting warmer here. <laughs> here we go. There you go. So it just depends. It's not as bad. As- you know, there's a couple times in the winter where you're like, oh, you wish you had a heater. But, you know, so on that day, you have to wear slippers. Yeah. Like today, I've got on a sweatshirt today. Okay. So a little it's, cooler, but yeah, nothing it, crazy. And it's only because I'm inside. The buildings are built so they stay cool inside. If I go outside, I probably don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing in Porto, too. A lot of people complain that it's colder inside than it is outside. But you're in a sweatshirt today, and I'm in a short sleeve, so it's getting warmer here. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. So it just depends. It's not as bad as it always appears, I think, that people make it out to be, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's short-lived. Every once in a while, you're like, oh, I wish I could just turn on the heater and take the edge off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Okay. So in your channel, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. You just pretty much showcase the island. You guys, what do you do? You go on hikes, you drive around. What kinds of things do you do on your channel so we can send people over there? So we everything has a subject. Each one has a subject. We'd speak to something with regards to retirement or not being afraid. Or sometimes we're talking about visas or we're talking about people have lots of questions with regards to silly things like driver's licenses, insurance. How do I find a realtor? Just questions. So we answer those kinds of questions as we go. We talk about how to put together a scouting trip. Just whatever they want to know. It's a very simple thing, but it really has to do with retirement. And, it's, and I say retirement, but it's just literally creating your next adventure. It doesn't matter how old you are because you can come here and whatever, Bring your YouTube channel and live on the island and do it that way. So it doesn't matter what age you are. Yeah, that's becoming more common. People <laughs> being able to work remotely or digital nomads. So internet's good there then. Oh, absolutely. It's better here than it was when we were in Porto. We laughed. What? Um, the internet here is so good. It's amazing. What internet were you using in Porto that it wasn't good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fine. It was fine. Don't get me wrong. It was fine. But we did giggle and laugh. But then the other things we do is every time we go out on these things, unlike everybody else where they're so good at lining all these things up, we get in the car, we drive. So you'll always go on a drive to some part of the island. We go through the sun and the rain. We don't try and hide it, but never rains here on our island. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And we go in a walk or we go into town and we walk through town. You know, it's just literally whatever the adventure of the day is. Most of the time, it's a walk or we visit a new little village and let you let people take a look at it so they can see it as we talk about whatever the subject matter is for the day, mm-hmm. some kind of retirement, something. 
Yeah, that is a lot of fun, which is the name of the channel. It'll be fun. Is that your yes. guys' motto? Has it just always been your motto in life? So when you created the channel, you were like, we got to call it that. No, we actually have a dog and her name is Greer and she doesn't, she's very heavy and she doesn't like to go for a walk. And so in Chicago, we would just try and make her walk to the mailbox and back. When we would scream as we drag her down the driveway, it, come on, Greer, it'll be fun. <laughs> That's how the name came about. Yep. That's so yep. funny. I'm dragging this little dog. Come on, it'll be fun. So there we go. And your dog is with you still? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's still here and we still have to scream at her. Come on, Greer, it'll be fun. <laughs> and she she doesn't like to walk. We carry her on a lot of our walks. You'll see. Okay. You know. But she makes and, appearances in your videos. That's my appearances <laughs> in the videos. Sometimes she says, you know, I'm just too tired. I'm going to stay home and have bonbons for the day. <laughs> That's not a bad life. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a good life. Yeah. Ah, oh, awesome. Okay, and then since we've chatted a little bit, how you were just in Porto, so we met up. Josh and I met up with with your family, and I spoke with Alan there, and so we will have an interview about Madeira and a little more on our YouTube channel with Alan. So everyone will have to stay tuned for that with some details about Madeira there as well. But we definitely wanted to chat with you a bit more in depth about some of the fun fun things that it's a little harder on the videos to do, but it's real life stuff and we can chat about these on the podcast, which is nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so any final um, just tips that you would give people who are interested in Madeira? Oh, one that they, if they want, they should come for a scouting trip. And this is going to sound probably one of the tips that I think is the best that we didn't do is if you truly are interested in viewing the island, then, you know, when you come for your scouting trip, don't just go on your tours of the island, which you should do. Everybody should go on a tour, rent a car, but also work with the realtor sure. because you're going to live there. So you want to see the wonderful beauty of the island, but you also will need to understand what you can afford, you know, and what that looks like for you. And if you're a family, that would mean the schools and where you would live with regards to the school that you would want for the kids or from a mobility issue, whether you're close to the hospitals, that kind of thing as you age. Oh, that's great advice. So then if people want to get in touch with you to chat, how can they get in touch with you? They can obviously come to the channel. In the channel, there's a link to our Patreon. They can get a, get a, join that group there, which is, it'll be fun. Patreon.com, it'll be fun. It's all very simple. Yeah. They can send an email. Our email is on the channel as well, which is, it'll be fun, retirement at gmail.com. But just come over to the YouTube channel. Everything is in there. I keep it all in the description to make it simple for people. <laughs> Leslie, at Expats Everywhere, we believe that living abroad transforms lives. So how has living in Madeira transformed your life? Oh, wow. What a wonderful question. It has given us the opportunity to see things that we would have just have never gotten to do. And to know that we weren't too old to do it. Life is short. Awesome. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate it. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. 
We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 